कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे सो हे वे आर एट कुरुक्षेत्र पीसफुल प्लेस इन हरियाणा जस्ट लेस देन टू आवर्स ट्रेन जर्नी फ्रॉम दिल्ली वी हैड आवर कुरुक्षेत्र coming in from jaipur coming into coming into delhi and getting out again to kurukshetra our brief stop over in delhi was incredibly full of harassments harassing people and i'm saying incredibly after so many years in india so it was pretty bad but anyway kurukshetra is very peaceful very nice holy place practically in coming out of delhi all the way there's no industry nothing this is in haryana which this is a state which was previously part of punjab now it's been separated and, and uh it's predominantly agricultural area very good soil all the way it's just fields away from that ugra karma and ugra attitude of delhi now the there are two main areas here which are known as holy places one is brahma sarovar that's the uh, big water tank where uh, krishna also came here and met the gopis and said shrimad bhagavatam tenth canto and there is uh, yotishtha where the bhagavad gita was spoken so we have just come today to the brahma sarovar and we're staying here and tomorrow we'll go to the place of the bhagavad gita here all around the lake not all around on one side there's a few ashrams including one goriamat pretty sleepy place you know right they were sleeping they didn't want to get up to to get the key to uh, us in the room so we just stay in some other place there's plenty of free free accommodation for sadhus and they give out free food also although we missed that plenty of sadhus here it's a holy it's it's on the circuit of the sadhus they go from place to place uh we we saw just in the sun in the afternoon the, the, the clear winter sun but not very warm this cold breeze the sadhus just lying out in the sun they seem to be pretty impressed by the fact that I took a bath which even in the kund in the sarovar because even at 4 o'clock which is supposed to be the hottest time to do the water was incredibly cold even though I had lots of mustard oil on I thought I'd go for a little swim but it turned out to be a very little swim it's so cold anyway sadhus they're all very happy to see us calling us over jai shri ram hari ram hari krishna they're calling out to us one sadhu was peacefully relaxing in the sun lying down and listening to to cinema music on his portable tape recorder enjoying life in that way kurukshetra itself is a small town as prabhupada often pointed out that it's a real place it's not just some imaginary thing that they they make some allegory of the five pandavas and the five senses 
what is that? Kurukshetra is the body or some stupid thing. But there's a railway junction here. There's not much going on. The population's probably a little less than a lakh. Uh, it's a district town. It's a agricultural market town. There's a very minor railway junction, small branch line going on. The, the main line, uh, Delhi to Punjab, that means Delhi to Amritsar, and also one line goes up to that branches, goes Delhi to Jammu. So, so trains going up to Jammu, Jammu and Kashmir and Punjab, and of course Chandigarh, they all go through here. And uh, that's about it. There's not much going on in the town. It's formerly part of Punjab. There's uh, quite a few Sikhs out in this part of the world. There's a huge, not huge, but the size of the town, quite a large, beautiful Gurudwar in the town. In the ashram where we're staying, there's one, Mr. Agrawal, who is over his, his retired bank officer who's overseeing the day-to-day uh, -day running affairs of the ashram. So, he's quite happy to see us. He has a son in Dallas. He's also been in Dallas. So he knows the worldwide scope of our movement. Like other people who I've spoken to so far, he doesn't seem to know so much about the actual history or significance of the place, so I'm going to have to search out something to find out exactly all the stories according to the Puranas and Mahabharata and this and that. There's also a Jagannath Mandir here. It seems Jagannath, we seem to find him everywhere, even in the most unexpected places. The deities look quite old, very simply uh, made up. Both Subhadra and Baladeva are white. It's, they look as if they've been repainted recently. And Krishna's almost white. He's a very, very pale blue. Instead of their usual big smile, they've got a bit of a small pout on their face. And in front of them there's Radha and Krishna deities and Kali deity. There wasn't anyone there at the temple who could have any idea of anything of what was going on, how all the deities are, where they're from. Just a few simple-looking women. It's one of those temples which has become a house. It's more, it's more like a house, even though there's a good temple there. As you can maybe hear in the background of this tape, there's some kind of light music doesn't sound so religious, but it's certainly not your heavy-duty rock and roll cinema music. Some woman singing. That's the constant background noise, not very transcendental. A lot of your village-type pilgrims come here also. There's a lot of people selling packets of puffed rice, real cheap stuff, for these people who don't have that much money to spend. One sadhu just, as I'm walking on the road, was with a big smile offered me a chillum to be smoking. These sadhus are tough people. They're getting ready to camp out for the night. Just in a kind of half-covered 
little slots in the wall all around the Brahma Sarovar. They're all camping out there. Some of them have got just one blanket. It's cold. They're tough. Just being here and thinking how the Mahabharata war was fought here, Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita, the relevance and the importance is just beginning to hit me how important Krishna speaking Bhagavad Gita, what an important place this is. There isn't that much emphasis on, on knowledge of Bhagavad Gita around here nowadays. In, now in the evening, around the Brahma Sarovas, there's a some kind of pop version of Bhagavad Gita going over the loudspeakers. Funny pop music in the background. A man who doesn't know the shlokas properly, that's not a pronunciation mistakes, reading out the shlokas and speaking in Hindi translation very quickly. A little earlier, a group of plainclothes policemen stopped me and saw me talking into a tape recorder. I thought it was something very suspicious when I explained what I was doing. He didn't seem to mind. And they said I was writing an article. I thought I might be some kind of a journalist. So a little uh, suspicious there. Of course, they were probably young in the days of the emergency when foreigners weren't even allowed to speak to Indians without permission. This is also uh, on the edge of the Punjab. It's a good bit of a Punjabi flavor here. I've seen a lot of people see quite a lot of signs, shops, shop names written up in Punjabi. So, Punjab is a heavy place. There's a lot of uh, terrorist violence here in Haryana also suggested that there are reasons to be suspicious. That terrorist violence means the overspill from the Punjab. Punjabi terrorists are active in different parts of India also, especially in Haryana and up in Yupi. Anyway, getting back to that point about the significance of the place in now that I'm here, I find it surprising that I've, I've never been here after so many years in this part of the world. And it's so close to Delhi, it's just a short journey. It's surprising that more devotees don't come. Of course, Srila Prabhupada had big plans for Kurukshetra. He wanted to have a big uh, Vaishnava university here to preach this Bhagavad Gita as it is. From the Bhagavad Gita University of the place of Bhagavad Gita. Uh, apparently, a couple of people have told us there is a small ISKCON outpost here. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, we haven't been certainly able to find out and locate where it is. I remember the Chandigarh devotees telling me that they, they had some kind of something here. But it's worthwhile as we're in Kurukshetra and we're going to be writing about Kurukshetra for BTG to. to remind the world community again this was one of Srila Prabhupada's desires which he very clearly expressed that he wanted a big project here at Kurukshetra also
about 40 years ago, the central government made the arrangement by which you can now see all around this rover is, is called Pakakats. It's not just mud, but there's cement, there's arrangement platforms, and so many things. Previously, there were a few guts here and there which had been made by philanthropists. Those was just open around the edges. It was also bigger at the time the central government renovated it. They, made, they, they, they closed the water in a smaller space. Previously, it used to be coming out into where the present road is now made of this. Sorova is about 40 steepest to be deep. Pretty soon there are signs that you wear. Water is quite deep because we the vast majority of the is to swim, nothing at all. This is the main center of sun worship in India. And when there are festivals connected with the sun, many people come just like this. And there was Soma Vatiyamavasya, which many, many people came. But there's a solar eclipse, there's a huge crowd. Seven to ten lakhs of people come. It's a very auspicious to go through on the day of the solar eclipse. See that Krishna and Pandavas came down. Our devotees come also on such a day. Usually they can distribute books and sign up and everything else. Grateful thanks to Mr. Agarwal for providing huge, thick quilts to help us through the night. My tiny little, or oh, thin sleeping bag, which is good enough for the slight chill in Bombay, is enough for the cold here. One nice thing about it being so cold is that no one gets up early in the morning. From our point of view, that's good. There's no disturbance. It's wonderful to chant in the chilly morning hours, in the silence. Only later on, shortly before dawn, did the uh, canny pop music type chants and tinny Bhagavad Gita recitals over the loudspeakers begin. Now I'm at the place where Krishna actually spoke the Bhagavad Gita. It's a very quiet little place right now. It's early in the morning. Just a few pilgrims coming. I managed to fulfill a long time aspiration of sitting at the place where Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita and personally chanting all the Sanskrit verses of the Gita, which took me a little less than two hours. Just a few pilgrims came in. There's not that much to see or do. They come they see the people tree, they see that there's a few small temples and there's a, inside a transparent 
maybe glass or some, uh, some kind of container, casement, there's Arjuna and Krishna statues on the, the chariot scene. A few uh, tourists came. Some of them were doing some videoing. Not much life going on. People wake up late. They start moving around late in this cold season. One thing I've realized now is that Kurukshetra, that word Shetra means a field or not just one place but a, a large area. As this book, the history of Kurukshetra explains, it is a it is a large area where people used to come for doing religious rites. Uh, also, we can understand different places uh, of the Mahabharata battle highlights. They're, they're spread out over a few kilometers here and there. Obviously, the Kurukshetra war didn't just take place in one small area, but it was spread out over a huge area. One thing is that it's claimed that here, Vyas composed the Puranas, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and the Mahabharata. That's also claimed at Naimisharanya. We've reported that in, in the Naimisharanya trip, reported that Vedvyas compiled and no doubt in Padarik Ashram the same thing is claimed also. So it may be all true, Vyas can expand himself or, or maybe it's not true of all places or maybe he compiled some in some places. It's very difficult to ascertain this kind of thing. One point which comes to mind is that some soil geologists have analyzed the soil in the area of Kurukshetra and they say it's not possible that it could have such a geological composition unless many thousands of gallons of blood had been spilled there sometime in the past. But as with the Dwaraka excavations which are showing the ruins of a kingdom which had fallen in the sea some thousands of years ago. We don't care much for this, whether they scientifically prove or disprove all these things. We are evidence that Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita here is Vedvyas himself in the Mahabharata. These materialistic people may for their own satisfaction make some kind of soil test or archaeological excavation but we don't depend on their findings one way or the other. We depend on the words of the Shastra. We know Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita here. That's another interesting point that, that speak, the few English-speaking people here, including young, so-called modernized men, when you ask them anything, they, they say, yes, uh, over there is the place where Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita some 5,000 years ago. They talk like this. They don't have that doubtfulness which we find so commonly associated with the modern 
especially the modern or the so-called educated people who would usually say speak in terms or write in terms like this it is said that Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita or it is supposed but they just say it out like that Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita there they believe it they may, they may not have a very clear idea who Krishna is or what he spoke but they, they, they're not so much polluted with that scholarly pseudo-intellectual doubtfulness of Krishna uh, seems to be a little pride here in their holy place and there should be another cultural note that this place is uh, a little bit different from the rest of India getting up towards Punjab is that the women here they don't wear saris most of them but they wear the kind of trouser suit that the Punjabi women do so here we are at Ban Ganga this is the place where on the 11th day of the Mahabharat war Grandfather Bhishma after being badly injured by Arjun's arrows lying on the bed of arrows said to Arjun I'm reading this from a sign which is written here in English and Hindi this is reading different shlokas from the Shanti Parva of the Mahabharata. O great Archer Arjun, my whole body is in terrible pain. Get me water to give it some relief, as you are the only one capable of righteously making available drinking water, drinking water for me. You provide me water. Consequently, the great Arjuna fixed a shining worshipped arrow duly fitted with, with requisite instrument to his bow and punctured the earth on the right of Bhishma. Then a fountain of cool water, fragrant and sweet like nectar, erupted from the earth. The great Arjuna quenched Bhishma's thirst with the cool water of the fountain. Bhishma awaited his death for six months here, and during this period, after the end of the Mahabharata war, narrated the Shanti Parva to Yudhishthira. Oh no, this is not a quote from the Shanti Parva. I'm not sure whether it is or not. This Ban Ganga is just a tiny village just off the main road. Little agricultural village surrounded by lush fields, well irrigated. The land is good and the people are uh, they are famous as being industrious. Now I can see they actually are. It's like in Bengal the land's good but the people are somehow or other due to overpopulation or just being unorganized they, they just don't get it together but here the, the, the land is prosperous the people are together they get it farmed nicely now here at Ban Ganga there's a small pond and there's 24 foot high nicely painted multicolored Hanuman deity uh, open air standing under a, a four pillared canopy of course we don't really believe in just having open air statues uh, the real thing is to do puja in a temple properly not expose the deity to the element anyway Hanuman's here for better or for worse there's lots of parrots 
here, beautiful bright green, flying around, making the screeching. A similarly bright sadhu, that means his his orange cloth is as bright as the parakeets are green, is just sitting peacefully with his arms folded on a cot in the sun. There's a few small temples all around. Very peaceful, nice place. Ban Ganga literally means, Ban means arrow, and Ganga means Ganga. So, Arjun brought the Ganga for Bhishmadev here. One of the small temples here is one of Ban Ganga, deity of Ganga Devi. Previously I was describing about Kurukshetra once here, that it's an agricultural town, a pilgrimage place. One other point which gives the town little importance is that it has a university, which I just read in this book. It's obviously not a very prominent university. Um, district town means that many people will be engaged in all kinds of administrative work. Typical uh, overloaded government, local government of India. It's beautiful, lush, flat land. There seems to be a wind constantly blowing, as it often does, over this flat kind of land. Well, often that's welcome in the hot climate, but now it's cold. It's not so welcome. All in all, there's really not that much to see or do at Ban Ganga, although for a few days, a few thousand years ago, it was a place of intense activity. Now, having not brought Mahabharata or Srimad Bhagavatam to read the relevant sections from, there's really not that much to do. So like the other handful of pilgrims who are wandering in, I'll be wandering out again quite quickly. We can judge how rustic this place is, Ban Ganga, by the fact that three villagers came up to me and wanted to hear me, wanted to hear the playback of me speaking into the tape recorder. There was some fascination for them. Now, 10 or 15 years ago in India, that would have happened every time you did any recording publicly. Nowadays, that's quite unusual. India's now got so much of it. Technology like that. To give another idea how small Ban Ganga is, there's not even a single shop here of any description. There's about 15 families staying here. One or two ashrams. And that's about it. I came here by Tonga, horse cart. That's gone away now. I just asked the, uh, a local farmer, young man, uh, how to get out of here, how to go anywhere else. So he replied to me in broken English, which I was very surprised. Seems that uh, the education system here is quite good. Anyway, it's kilometers walk to the nearest place where anything stops. So, Hare Krishna. 
Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur one time said a very amazing thing that only less intelligent people think Vrindavan to be the most important place because Kurukshetra is the most important place. And then he explained that because the feelings of the gopis and Krishna when they met here was that it, it was the most exquisite. This is very, very high subject matter. Because the gopis, after such a long time, they had again got Krishna. But they still hadn't quite got him. He was in front of them, but they didn't have him as they had before. That verse is there in Chaitanya Charitamrita, which explains that. I still couldn't find out why the Brahma Sarovar is called the Brahma Sarovar. Everyone says it's made by Brahma. But when and why, no one can give any clear idea. Sorry. On the whole, we found the people of Kurukshetra to be very well behaved, very appreciative of our ISKCON devotees and uh, religiously inclined, quite cultured people. I'd heard that Haryana people were pious. I'd never been to Haryana before, now I found that out. Just one note as we're leaving Kurukshetra early in the morning, in the pre dawn darkness, taking rickshaws through the small town to get to the station. It's very nice, the sound of different bhajans and prayers being chanted from different temples over the loudspeakers and also from the Gurudwara, Hare Krishna. Kurukshetra shlokas are there in Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Leela, Volume 1, page 37, and from page 52 on a few. In the Vaishnav Abhidhan, which is a pretty authoritative, fairly authoritative book, at least on this matter we can take its authority, it's a book compiled in Bengali, it is stated that at Kurukshetra there are 365 tirtas. Um, that is spread all out over a large area. You could do a whole uh, tour of the place. It's a very, very, very big area with so many uh, holy incidents which took place there. It's a little different to Vrindavan, which also has so many tirtas. In fact, it's said that all tirtas are present in Vrindavan. The, the mood is a little different because Kurukshetra is also known as Dhamakshetra. So it appears that most of these tirtas they are in relation to dharma. In other words, dharma, atta, kama, moksha. 
to karmakandiyo practices, especially those for elevation to the heavenly planets, and so on and so forth. In the Chaitanya Bhagavat Adi Khanda, chapter 9, text 119, it is mentioned in the list of holy places visited by Lord Nityananda Prabhu before he met with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Kurukshetra is one of them. Now, at the Goryamat in Kurukshetra, it has been stated in one diorama, it's written there in Hindi, that in the year 1614, according to the English calendar, the, the Christian calendar, in August there was a solar eclipse and at that time Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his devotees came. Now I asked the resident leading devotee there what the reference to this is in any Shastra. He told me that it was there in Chaitanya Bhagavat and Chaitanya Charitamrita. I don't find any reference. Nor is it mentioned in the Vaishnava Abhidhan. Therefore, even though they've given such an exact reference, uh, without any backup, I wouldn't like to state that to be true. It may be there in some other... Bi- These are the two main biographies of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are several other biographies and biographical works. It may be stated in one of those, but as is not mentioned in Vaishnava Abhidhan, I would tend to... Uh, not 